Hello friends, this is Matt, and this is Something From Everything, a podcast about embracing and making meaning and discovering wisdom through telling better stories. And if you couldn't tell from the background music, I am recording this towards the end of October, so this gets to be a Halloween story. And of course, if you're listening to this outside of October or Halloween, this one is about so much more. This is a story about the concept of evil and all the ways that we might misunderstand such a weighty and loaded term. And I know that this is a term that many of us have strong opinions about, and we may not agree. So thank you for listening anyway. I hope you enjoy this one. This one is called Truly Terrifying. The robotic clown towers above us, breathtaking and menacing. He is impossibly tall, maybe seven or even eight feet on top of his small stand. The stand's speaker spews sinister circus music as the animatronic monster reaches a hand forward to ask for a volunteer for his juggling act. I just need a hand and a foot and a head. Any body part will do. The clown breaks out in maniacal laughter and my seven-year-old presses in against my side even closer than he had been before. His gaze flits quickly between the towering monstrosity and myself, and I worry momentarily that we've come too close, that the nightmare fuel will burn each and every bedtime this week or maybe this month. I suppress a grin and open my eyes wide at him, acknowledging my possible failure as a parent and gatekeeper of all things inappropriate for seven-year-olds. His face breaks into a giant, nervous grin. Dad, this is awesome. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. This is Halloween. The wet chill and low-hanging fog in the air, the glow of orange from freshly carved and lit jack-o'-lanterns, children running reckless from doorstep to doorstep, pillowcases pregnant and nearly unliftable, dragged or begrudgingly carried by parents, neighbors around a propane fire offering hot chocolate from a thermos to warm kids and parents alike, and sights and sounds that teeter on the knife's edge of terrifying and exciting. You have to know your audience. Not every child should be subjected to maniacally laughing animatronic clowns. I certainly wouldn't have enjoyed it at his age. My youngest was drawn to the spectacle of it while we were still a long ways off. The rolling fog illuminated by brightly colored light, the excited and terrified screams of children running to or away from the house. While we were slowly winding up an adjacent cul-de-sac, my youngest would crane his neck to see the particular house. He wanted to see it. He does come by it, naturally. At our house, we have more Halloween decorations than all other holidays combined, and those wooden gravestones and plastic skeletons take up more than their fair share of room under the stairs and we much prefer setting up the Halloween ones. When else do you get to cover the trees with cobwebs and plastic spiders, or create shallow graves out of wooden tombstones and leftover planting soil? It is, admittedly, not for everyone. 
Not everyone enjoys Halloween as much as I do, or even at all, but it is on offer to everyone. It demands little, but accepts much. Want to turn all of your dead summer flowers into graveyard decor? Go for it. Want to turn your entire residence into a haunted house? Have at it. Want to play Thriller, Monster Mash, and Ghostbusters on endless repeat for all of the neighbors to hear? You might get a visit from Bylaw, but I won't judge you. If you're feeling less in the spirit, a simply lit jack-o'-lantern and ready supply of candy is enough buy-in to be considered a full participant. Even those that give out toothbrushes, toothpaste, and floss play a needed and completely thankless role on Halloween. But with so many participating on Halloween, you notice the ones who don't. Those who don't appear to enjoy the spectacle. The houses that are completely dark, intentionally uninviting from the street. It's obvious that so much of the imagery of Halloween is full of grotesquerie and gore, hell and hedonism, devils and darkness. Perhaps they can't see past the pageantry. Perhaps all they see is evil. It's strange, isn't it? How some of us see evil as real and threatening, while others see it only as a lark? Personally, I don't think Halloween is evil in the slightest. There's far too much goodness there. I realize that the surface of Halloween may appear grotesque, but in my experience, the heart of Halloween is communal celebration. But that's not to say that I don't believe in an evil that threatens us. I just don't think it looks anything like the imagery Halloween supplies. You see, I was formed in a religious tradition that talked about evil all the time. We believed in evil, were on watch for evil, and prayed to be delivered from evil. And when I felt that I had grown apart from that tradition... I realized I didn't know what to do with a lot of religious concepts, including the concept of evil. What once I considered evil, I began to see as actions that are explainable as self-serving or ignorant or misguided. But now, now I'm starting to examine a lot of the concepts that I had previously discarded. And I think this is probably the case for a lot of us that we either believe in evil as a concrete, obvious, and identifiable threat, or we think of it as a concept that is outdated, antiquated, and either useless, or perhaps even harmful. Unfortunately, I think both of those views miss the mark. I don't think most of us believe in or understand much about the nature of evil at all. The Franciscan friar Richard Rohr says as much in his recent book, What Do We Do With Evil? Obviously, as an identified Catholic Franciscan, Rohr belongs to a very old and religious tradition, but I find his words on evil both accurate and contemporary. Rohr argues that evil is not overt and obvious, but it's subtle and insidious. It's less the stories of demon clowns devouring children, and it's more the true stories of children being devoured and traumatized by institutions of power and privilege that we esteem, trust, and support, 
and even belong to. It's less about the spectacle of the monstrous and inhuman and more about the devastation of dehumanizing those who are other from us. While Rohr draws on the biblical language of principalities and powers of darkness, he states that these might be more familiar in our context as ideologies, organizations, corporations, or institutions. Here is a recent example from a well-known corporation that we are all very much aware of right now. A few weeks ago, Francis Hagen stepped forward as a whistleblower against Facebook, stating that the company had repeatedly prioritized profits over the safety and well-being of its patrons. She claimed that Facebook repeatedly hid or ignored information of their role in promoting misinformation, of not removing hate speech, and ignoring links between consistent use of Instagram and suicidal ideation in young girls. And as time has passed, and further investigations have been launched, these have become only the initial allegations. And if any of these allegations turn out to be true, what do we call actions and decisions like that? I think we need to call those actions evil. Now, I know that evil is a loaded term, a term that many of us relegate only to the religious and superstitious. Maybe some would argue that Facebook is only guilty of being self-interested and self-sustaining, that they are merely acting in ways that countless other organizations and corporations do. But that sounds pretty evil to me. I have no doubt that we could explain away any organization's harmful actions as originating in that which is self-serving, ignorant, or misguided, but what emerges seems greater than the sum of its parts. If we argue that the term evil is antiquated and outdated, then I think we need an appropriately weighty term to take its place. To explain these actions as simply a corporate oversight or a misstep seems woefully inadequate. They don't do the harm justice. And of course, we're talking about more than Facebook. We could be talking about any ideology, institution, organization, or corporation that gets a pass from us, that we find ourselves defending when we know they're doing harm. It's all the ways that we are both willingly and thoughtlessly bound up with it. Perhaps that is evil's greatest trick, that it does not come as a devil or a monster, but as that which is commonplace and accepted. It's not only the ways that a company chooses profits at the expense of people, but it also exists in the ways that I find myself enmeshed in and dependent on that same institution, company, or organization when I believe they are doing evil. Evil isn't announcing itself with pitchforks and horns. It's hiding in the places we excuse or even expect it. We need to think and rethink about evil, especially in these days when so many of us no longer believe in it. Imagine if we always expected evil to be either a hideous, monstrous demon or an unnecessary, outdated notion. Imagine if we never developed the awareness to see evil working in plain sight.
Now that would be truly terrifying. Well, friends, that is it. Episode 17 of the Something From Everything podcast. Truly terrifying. The music at the intro was Underworld by John Prestone, and at the closing is a track Glimpse Into a Dark Mind by the artist Humans Win. Both were found on Storyblocks, which is royalty-free music, so I don't have to mention it, but I really like both of these tracks, so check them out if you like them. If you like my words but hate my voice, you can read all my full posts online at my site, somethingfromeverything.com, and you can even subscribe while you're there. I promise I very rarely send out anything, so I won't fill your inbox with spam, but I can let you know if I have anything special or extraordinary going on. And if you just can't get enough of my words and my voice, how about some video? <laughs> I've now started uploading the last couple posts onto YouTube, and I should be doing that going forward as well as on Instagram, under Instagram TV, you can find some video versions of these posts, if you like that sort of thing. And of course, you can follow me on Facebook or Instagram. Yes, I am aware of the complexity of that relationship in light of what I just shared. You can find either by searching for the Something From Everything podcast on either of those platforms. And if you enjoy this podcast, and especially if you find value in it, please consider sharing it with someone you think might enjoy it as well. I'm always honored when somebody who I've never met finds this podcast. And if you happen to be listening on an Apple device, would you take a moment and leave a review? It really helps the podcast stand out. As always, I appreciate all the feedback, all the shares, all the support. I hope that you and I can develop a clearer understanding of evil. I hope that we employ language that is adequate for those harms that are especially hidden, accepted, defended, and insidious. I hope we are gracious with ourselves as we attempt to turn from the evils that we've accepted. And I hope we have wisdom to see the difference between evil and error. And mostly, I hope that we would continue to commit ourselves to the good, the healthy, the joyous, wherever and whenever we see it, as we all create something from everything. Thanks, friends. And if you happen to hear this before the 31st, Happy Halloween. <laughs>